Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Dear saints, dear beloved ones, dear Christians, today as we observe all saints, I'm going to address the concept of belonging as drawn from our scripture readings today, especially today's epistle. Most people have a sense and a desire, a longing, if you will, for belonging. We like to sense belonging within our neighborhood, in our community, in our country, among our peers, in our family, and in our church. And it can be work to foster a sense of belonging, but when we attain it, the outcome is certainly rewarding. We may not always immediately feel welcome when we move into a new community or start a new job or go to a new school, when we join a club or even visit a church. But our natural drive is to put off those initial impressions and seek to establish belonging, to settle down, to establish roots. We get to know our neighbors and our classmates and our co-workers, and in doing so, we establish friendships. We band together with others who share similar interests and abilities and values, and this creates for us a sense of belonging, and this usually results in healthier living greater happiness, less anxiety, less loneliness, and lower rates of depression. Sometimes, though, we are driven to belong to groups and in ways that are not healthy or good. An extreme example is the group who wants to be glorified by belonging to the list of those who have committed mass murders. The news obsesses with these tragic events so that a lonely guy who has no sense of belonging in his community is drawn to belong to that group. And so, in a sick and twisted way, he sees how he can finally belong somewhere, and he goes on a demented rampage. Another example has to do with the transgender cult. Yes, I called it a cult. There are many teens who feel out of place, and that's somewhat normal as they grow from childhood to adulthood. It's a confusing and difficult time in their lives. Like other humans, they certainly are seeking to belong. But they may have difficulty as they face a whole range of emotions including coming to terms with their God-given sexual drive. Their peers can be volatile, quickly going from loyalty to betrayal, which can hamper that sense of belonging. In their effort to feel like they belong, they maybe feel like they can do so by going online. And there they can find communities to affirm anything and everything so if someone is questioning his sexual orientation or gender identity, 
He can quickly find what he cannot so easily find in person when he goes online. An entire community who embraces him, encourages him, and tells him everything that he thinks that he should hear. Believing he has come home, that he now belongs somewhere, he becomes even more isolated as he is lied to by his online community. He may be told how much he will be hated by his family, which his family will not do, as he adopts sinful lifestyles. He is told his true belonging is then with them, isolating himself from others. As a result, some travel into harm's way and are abused by those whom they met online who were supposed to be affirming. The online world is no place for true belonging. It is a cesspool where vice is visualized as virtue. Deviancy is disguised as diversity, and iniquity is illuminated as innocence. Online children are targeted, and they are preyed upon. Giving children smartphones means they have constant access to a sordid world seeking to consume them. It ushers them into the latest epidemic that is hurting our society, loneliness, which leads to depression and even suicidal thoughts. The constant screen time, especially from social media, brings about skyrocketing rates of depression as they are being entertained into numbness and even lured into pornography. Seeking to find acceptance, they find temptation to sin. Seeking to advance in knowledge, they remember even less. And seeking to belong, they become isolated and lonely. Parents need to think long and hard before they give their children smartphones. Children do not need a portal into a wide and vast area of depression, mind numbness, and sin. If parents want to communicate th with their children, a simple cell phone that only allows calls and text messages will suffice and do the job. Of course, the internet is not purely evil. Some do find meaningful community, especially as families and friends are separated by distance so that they can then share pictures with one another or visit with each other through a video call. Hobbyists can find others who share the same passions, and many learn how to do important things through helpful videos such as fixing or creating things. But we should view the internet as a tool to learn and as a means for mere communication, not as the place where we find belonging. God has placed us in the here and now that we may find belonging within our own communities, in our families, among our neighbors, at our jobs or schools, or in our various vocations. God has established churches which grant us a great sense of belonging. For in the church, God's people to grow together in faith and in piety. Their beliefs are shaped by the life-saving and life-giving word of God. 
And as we will soon sing, blessed be the tie that binds our hearts in Christian love. The fellowship of kindred minds is like to that above. Before our Father's throne, we pour our ardent prayers. Our fears, our hopes, our aims are one, our comforts and our cares. We share our mutual woes, our mutual burdens bear, and often for each other flows the sympathizing tear. Such a beautiful depiction of community and of belonging that we, as brothers and sisters in Christ, have. We are joined together not merely by culture or by various Lutheran traditions, but by Christ who is our head, who unites us into his family by adoption, and which is baptism. And remember then the words of our epistle. See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God, and so we are. What stronger bond can we have, and what greater sense of belonging, what greater community can we be a part of than to belong to God's holy family, redeemed by Christ, declared innocent by him, so that he counts us as his dear children. In fact, God, out of his great mercy, calls us saints, holy ones, beloved in the Lord, children of God. We belong to him, not because of something we have earned or done, not from some status in society, but because he has graciously received us into his family, baptizing us into Christ and keeping us in union with him by grace through faith. God has graciously justified us, that is, forgiven us, and sanctified us, that is, made us holy, so that we now appear before our Father in heaven as righteous. For we, as God's children, have been clothed with the garments of salvation and given the garments of righteousness. By being redeemed and restored and forgiven in Christ, we have the greatest belonging possible, for we belong to our Savior, our Lord, and our Creator. We belong as members of the body of Christ. We are Christ's holy bride, the church. It is written in the scriptures, Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. Clearly, we belong in the presence of Christ as his bride. As a result, you are truly blessed. In our gospel, Jesus speaks of various stations in life, even crosses and even trials that we will face. And as you live your daily lives as Christians, Jesus repeatedly says, Blessed, blessed are you. 
for yours is the kingdom of heaven. You shall be comforted. You shall inherit the earth. You shall be satisfied. You shall receive mercy. You shall see God. You shall be called sons of God. Great is your reward in heaven. And we can see that reward. We just sang of it in our hymn, and we heard of it in Revelation chapter 7. For in Revelation 7, St. John, who as an elderly man was exiled to the island of Patmos, a place for criminals, then receives the revelation of Jesus Christ in a glimpse into heaven. He sees the multitude of saints who are there, who have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb, who have passed from death to life, coming through the great tribulation, who are singing their praises to God. They clearly belong to the Lord. They are with him in paradise. Their tears are wiped away forever. The Lamb of God is in the midst of them. Jesus remains their good shepherd. They are before the throne of God. It is where they belong. Through Christ's all-sufficient sacrifice on the cross, all sin of all people is atoned for. There is no sin too great that our Lord cannot forgive. There is nothing too horrible that someone could have done that Jesus would have left out when he went to the cross to shed his innocent blood on behalf of all people. For Jesus desires to draw all to himself, so he offered himself as the ransom payment for the sins of the entire world, so that all are now offered the gift of eternal life and salvation. Yet, experience certainly shows and reveals that some do not feel like they belong to Christ or to his holy Christian church. Some may not yet be allowed to commune at this altar. They are, of course, still welcome to attend. In fact, they belong here. It takes work to be received as a guest to the Lord's altar, especially to learn repentance, turning from sin, and to learn a shared confession of the faith so that they are invited with wide open arms to receive the body and blood of Christ in the fellowship of this altar. Others may look at their past sins and conclude that they are somehow not good enough. They may feel like they are being judged by the saints who are gathered in God's house, or they may feel uncomfortable because they have not been in God's house for ages, thinking that maybe they no longer belong. Others figure that they are unworthy, that they do not measure up to what they think is fitting for a true Christian. All of this may make people feel like they do not belong, that they are not good enough here, or that they should not be here. But that is not so. The church is a hospital for sinners. It is a sanctuary, a refuge for the weary. It is exactly where all sinners need to be. Those who are tempted, those who are ashamed, those who keep on doing wrongs over and over, 
and even those who are not yet allowed to commune, they need to be here. It is where Jesus tenderly invites, receives, and forgives. It is where he declares that we sinners are holy saints of God. Whenever we sense that we do not belong here, it is Satan lying to us, trying to use against us the very sins that he tempted us into committing in the first place. Satan wants us to reject our Savior's generous offer to forgive us, and so he seeks out any way to make you feel like you do not belong. So know this, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, here is where you truly belong. Here Jesus receives sinners, declares them to be saints, and here Jesus receives you. In Christ, you have peace with God. But when you have peace with God, there is another reality that we must face, and that is the world will not be, have peace with us. When you belong to Christ, you will find that you do not belong to the sinful ways of the world. So be it. You are still blessed, even if... As Jesus said in our gospel, others revile you and persecute you and other, utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on his account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For you still belong to Christ. Belonging to Christ and his family is what you need as his saints, his holy ones. And this is your great treasure. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.